Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report, and thank you for joining us today. With me today is Gary Petty, a longtime United Church of God pastor, but also a Beyond Today TV presenter who's also done radio work and is a published author. He has a lot of media experience. The reason we want to talk today is because Gary and I, along with our wives, attended the National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville, Tennessee. This was yesterday, February 22nd. And this is the premier conference and the world's largest gathering of Christian communicators for those working in radio, TV, film, church media, and digital marketing. And so it was just a very, very interesting event since both of us are very interested in media. Also, we are friends and known each other for a long time. We had a very enjoyable day. So welcome to the podcast, Gary. Well, it's great to be here. And it was it was a very interesting day. Well, I thought that since this conference, this convention is still very fresh in our minds, that we would talk about our impressions of it, because there were many, many things that impact on me and in the work that we do that Gary does, and also with the work that I do with the Council of Elders and media. What is NRB? It is a nonpartisan international association of Christian communicators whose member organizations represent millions of listeners, viewers, and readers. They describe themselves as those who work to protect the free speech rights of our members by advocating those rights in governmental, corporate, and media sectors, and works to foster excellence, integrity, and accountability in our membership by providing networking, educational, ministry, and relational opportunities. So part of their job also is to equip Christian communicators to share the television and digital platforms, and also it advocates for issues that matter to Christian communicators, including the freedom of speech, online censorship, and technology access. So that's the way they describe themselves, and this is my second conference that I attended. I know that that really came out very, very powerfully. But the, conf- the convention had a expo floor where many organizations who had booths or had presentations uh, pitched their particular purpose for existence and also offering booklets, literature. And it was very, very interesting. And also they had uh, noted speakers. Probably the most noted was President, former President Donald Trump, who was a, yes. who was a speaker there uh, last night. But we also saw, uh, we actually did not see President Trump. We left before that because at first it was more of a limited group that was uh, allowed to see him. But then they opened it up to everyone because he arrived early. But my wife and I had a a six-hour, five-and-a-half-hour drive back home, and so we left before that. But in any event, we did get to see a lot of people. So, uh, Gary, let's start with your giving some impressions of people that you had seen and uh, how did they impress you you know um i was with you what was it 2021 was the last time we in dallas we went to uh, one of these and we stayed for three days yeah, three days the whole the whole thing <laughs> yeah uh, and now this time we didn't go to a lot of presentations where last time we went to a lot of presentations we had a different different type of ticket last time but you know i saw it again this year and that is there is a concern among the Christians are involved in this for most of them. You can sort of tell by you talk to them, you walk by their booths, you hear what they're talking about. There is a concern that biblical Christianity, and they all have different ideas of what biblical Christianity is, but is under attack. And they're concerned. Now, 
these people are, are have radio programs, television programs, they, they print magazines, they have big web presence. There's a lot of people that are selling equipment that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. But what's interesting is the belief that Christianity is under attack. I talked to one author uh, for a short period of time. He wrote a book called The Woke Jesus. He, he autographed and gave me a copy of his book. But it, the whole point of his book is, is that this woke Jesus is replacing even traditional Christianity's viewpoint, which is flawed. You know, mm -hmm. they have a flawed viewpoint, but that's being replaced with a whole new concept of who Jesus was, what he taught. Um, it's very frightening, and they they know it. I remember when we were there last time, one of the men got up after a presentation and said, I just feel I have to say this. Over the next few years, prepare yourselves for actual persecution, because mm -hmm. it's coming. Now, you know, these aren't crazy people. <laughs> these aren't the fringes of, of the, the, these are the people that used to be considered mainstream Christians uh, back 25, 30 years ago. Now they're saying that Christianity is changing. And I, I saw that, uh, like I said, this one author I talked to and why he wrote this book, he's written a number of books on the same subject. And it's a reality. We see it, but we're not the only ones who see it. Uh, many of them feel like they have to give a warning message to the United States to repent or they're going to lose out on what they would consider, you know, heaven or what we would say the kingdom of God mm -hmm. because of that. So that's the thing that I saw again this year that I saw a couple of years ago was a interesting concern among people and a, a desire to get the message out before it's almost shut down, uh, the belief that it may be shut down. So um, that I find interesting because these people are in the know. Last time there was a whole presentation, uh, last time we were there by people who are actually arguing for free speech, free Christian speech, clear up to uh, there was one woman who had actually appeared before uh, the highest court in the land, the mm -hmm. Supreme Court, all arguing these things, that we have to have freedom of Christian speech. So they see things at a level that we don't. Mm -hmm. We're watching the, the results sometimes. They're dealing with the very core causes, and they're involved in that. So I think that that warning to us even, that we need to realize that we have a a message, the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, and we have our particular teachings, you know, whether it's the Sabbath, the holy days, these things. These things need to be given while we can, they spread and told while we can, because that message may be shut down. Well, Gary, what I found that there were a number of people that were there wanting to speak very, very openly and strongly. There was uh, one uh, ministry there called Proclaiming Justice to the Nations, that uh, had their theme as the time is now. <laughs> I mean, we had that for one of our public appearance campaign uh, campaigns, uh, the time is now. And the scripture that they used was Isaiah 62, verse 6, that I have set watchmen upon your walls, O Jerusalem, which will never hold their peace day or night, that make mention of the Lord. Keep not silence. I mean, there are other people who are speaking of this repentance. And then we... Also, one of the speakers that we sat in on a number of his podcasts, he had a string of them, was Eric Metaxas. And he gave his book. I think he gave you an autographed book. I think I got there too late for the autographed yes. version of it, but at least I, I, got, I got a version there too. But it's his latest book, which is Letter to the American Church by Eric Metaxas. And I, I read a number of the chapters this morning, uh, particularly the one that was uh, kind of struck me. It was called Speak the truth in love, because it kind of rang through a theme that we have been using. But I mean, it's a letter to the American churches that 
is talking about, does God ask us to see the future? Unless you repent is the name of another chapter. And then this one about speaking the truth in love, be not political. And, you know, just he talks about things that are very, very similar to us and they're articulated so well. And in the conference that we went to three years ago, we went to it together in Dallas, Texas, there was a lot of talk about censorship and not being able to get on certain platforms. And uh, we were even in our Council of Elders talking about, well, maybe we should get our own <laughs> platform. You know, we should get our own servers. Although people could pull a plug on that too. But what I found interesting is that this time, the shift was more to not so much censorship, but there's just so much stuff going out, so yeah. much woke, woke thinking going out that it kind of just overrides everything else. And I appreciated Eric Metaxas when he spoke uh, in the podcast. You know, the four of us were sitting there in a couple rows back uh, listening to him. You know, he was not afraid to call out the woke agents, you know, in the country. He says, I will not support Disney. I will not support Target stores. I will not. You know, I don't know if you brought a Budweiser, but he talked about these companies and these agents that are trying to shift American thinking uh, away from truth to wokeness. And with artificial intelligence, and I didn't really see as much there that I as I thought there would be, but artificial intelligence makes it possible to actually send out too much information they yes. want you to have a lot of information so that they can twist it, so that they can corrupt it. And you can ask a question about something that's biblical that you really want to know more about, and all of a sudden you are directed into a path off the cliff. And it's another way of deception. So I think it's just very interesting just to see all these dynamics that are occurring around us and how they're morphing and changing from month to month. Yes, he, he was, uh, what, Greek Orthodox, mm -hmm. and then uh, became Episcopalian, and now I think he just calls himself a mere Christian, like C.S. Lewis's yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm just a mere Christian. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was interesting because they're battling this, and they're, it's, they're teaching that, okay, we have to help people become Christians, mm -hmm. because just telling people you got to change isn't, is, you know, you have to change to become something, and they're very driven to say you have to become Christians, and much of what Christianity is isn't real Christianity anymore, mm -hmm. which is sort of a, a message that we have been pounding for a number of years, which has been centered on broken Christianity, mm -hmm. uh, which has been very much part of our message for years. Mm -hmm. There is a, a broken Christianity, and the only way you can change what's happening in your life is to become a Christian. And, of course, some of them are trying to change things through political means, Mm -hmm. uh, and trying to change it by getting people to vote and those type of things. We we don't take that direction obviously because we don't we don't see the, the we see the problem is it has to be spiritual. It can't be. It's not a political issue. It's a spiritual issue. But we get tempted to go that way. <laughs> I know. It's, you know. Sometimes I walk around the house after watching the news, ranting and raving, uh, and then realize, no, wait, wait a minute. I'm a I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Right. And you know that's that's my values, and these values will never go. I mean, no nation's ever going to become the kingdom of God on earth. We're mm -hmm. told that that's the, the reality of it. So we know where our citizenship is, mm -hmm. and uh, we we divorce ourselves from trying to politically change the country. He was very interesting. I, I and I have to be sitting next to a woman that is part of that network 
that does his podcast. Salem. Uh, she started asking me questions, mm-hmm. and pretty soon she was asking me if I would be on her podcast. <laughs> and I, and I don't know if I want to do that or not. But okay, Gary, we'll I think you sh- you should be. I talked to her afterwards too. <laughs> she she really would like to have you speak. I think that we need to speak through these other means and be able to get our message out because they're interested in what we're thinking. Yes, she does a, a podcast for women, Christian women. She said, how can babies become so evil? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, how does their cr- nature get corrupted? So I talked about it in a piece. She knew her Bible. And mm-hmm. she said, oh, yeah, it does say that. Through the power, of the prince of the power of the air, we become corrupted. We all become, by nature, children of wrath. And I said, so all of us have become a little bit like Satan. And she said, that now explains the behavior of a two-year-old. <laughs> so, yeah, and there you go. Uh, so yeah, it was it was an interesting conversation to sit and talk to a person who just you know she's part of that network, and we just have to be sitting next to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way a lot of things happen there. You just meet people through accident. You know? I know that's uh, uh, that was amazing. You you walk into people. I think you could talk about another friend that you had come across. Oh yeah, I you know Doug Bachelor, he's been the the. Uh, sort of the evangelist for the Seventh-day Adventist Church. I mean, they do a lot of things, but he's sort of their lead evangelist. He does mm-hmm. their television program, and, and he's quite well-known. And I walked by, and there was the Seventh-day Adventist booth, and I always stopped by and get some literature and talk to them. And and the woman came up, and, and uh, I said, oh, hi. I said, I uh, yeah, I, I get some of your literature. I, I, I watch your TV program. And she says, well, Doug Bachelor's right here. And she turned around, here he was just standing there. <laughs> and she says, you want to meet him? And I said, yes. I walked over, shook his hand, and I said, hey, I, I watch your program, and I really appreciate I said, I'm a fellow Sabbath keeper. I said, I appreciate your approach to the Sabbath. And he said, well, biblical Christians have to talk about the Sabbath. He says, what uh, what are you? I didn't have any affiliation on my badge. And he says, well, who are you affiliated with? And I said, the United Church of God. He goes, oh, you have a program. I said, yeah, beyond today. He says, I've seen you. <laughs> <laughs> So then he says, I got to get a picture. Come here. And he had one of his staff come over, take a picture of us together. So uh, it was interesting that he had, he had actually seen me on today. Um, mm-hmm. And as a fellow Sabbath keeper, appreciated. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it was, it was nice to meet him. He's, he's, I, he's a nice guy. Uh, he's, he really is a good teacher. I've heard him on radio. You know, he does a radio and television and a podcast and YouTube thing. He does all this stuff. Um, so that was just an interesting interaction with somebody that I've seen. And got to talk to, and then to fight to have him say, "Well, I've seen you." <laughs> it's just an interesting experience. Well, I, I also had a meeting with Mark Kellner of the Washington Times. Oh, yeah. Mark is uh, the religion and family reporter for the Washington Times, and he was in the press section of of the conference. And actually, the Washington Times uh, newspaper conservative newspaper as opposed to the Washington Post was the sponsor of the press section. I mean, they're, they're the ones that kind of organize things. I'm not sure exactly what the level of sponsorship was, but Mark is one who's representing that particular aspect of them. So he was, you know, quite responsible there. But anyway, I've known him for going on 30 years. He's been very, very interested in, in us, has followed us. Actually, he was a member of the Worldwide Church of God. At, at one time. He's a Seventh-day Adventist right now, and uh, the same minister who baptized him baptized my wife. <laughs> so, wow. you know, and he, he, he is, is a writer whose articles often appear on the front page of the Washington Times. 
and he very much understands our doctrine and, and supports it. And a particular section that he had that was very, very uh, well known was the death of Queen Elizabeth and the monarchy, you know, going back to how we feel about the monarchy. He was very, very reflective and commented about the origins of the English-speaking people in the way that we do, going back to uh, the traditions in Ireland and, and uh, Scotland and, and to back, back to the Middle East, to Israel. So we've talked about these things, and, and Mark and I over the years have had you know, numerous conversations, and I've done three podcasts, I think, with him, and I hope to be able to do some more, but he's just a, a very friendly person, and I wish I had more time with him yesterday. We, uh, I went to the press center, and he wasn't there, and, and it sounded like he had appointments uh, throughout the day. And then all of a sudden I run into the him, you know, as in the outside corridor there by the Washington Times, and, and we talked a little bit, and then just really couldn't connect for the rest of the day. We, we had this and that place to go, but he sent me a nice uh, text. He he really said some nice things about the memoirs that I'm writing called Ground Zero. I'm talking about the when we had left Worldwide Church of God, what were some of the factors that led to that, and my first-hand impressions, because I was right there. I mean, I, I've been on ground zero at Worldwide Church of God, and also I've been at ground zero at United Church of God, so both, yeah. both places, and, and having a lot of very first-hand impressions, which, which I'm writing about right now. So he just encouraged me a couple different times yesterday to keep those things going. I mean, he's, he found them. I have them on my website, cubic.org website, under the tab ground zero. And so you know, we talked about that. So I was very happy to see him. Is there anybody else that you were that impressed upon you yeah. yesterday? I don't remember their name. Of course, we waited to meet uh, the actor Seven Sorbo or Kevin mm. Sorbo, who's been in dozens of Christian movies, but he didn't show up to his uh, uh, little meeting he was supposed to have with everybody. But uh, we did get to see him walking around the halls. But uh, it was a group, and I'm trying. You probably remember their name. It was um, they deal with pornography. Uh, what was the name of that group? Here it is. Uh, Here it is. Yeah. Th- th- yes. Yes. The it's Covenant Co- uh, Covenant Eyes podcast. Yes. Uh, and just to talk to them about here, these people are so dedicated to helping Christians overcome pornography, and they describe the effects it's having on people's lives, how widespread now it is, not only in Christian churches with men but women, and that it's changing. It's affecting brain chemistry. It's causing addictive behavior. And that with AI, this virtual reality, it is actually a danger in changing human sexuality. Mm-hmm. And uh, they described that in great detail. And they were very vehement uh, about discussing that. And I, I thought it was very profound. There was another booth I stopped by that was just uh, dealing with trying to help churches deal with being anti-abortion, pro-life. And I just had to walk up to them. There were two ladies and nobody was there. And I said, well, you all look serious. And and I and I asked them a question. They gave a great presentation on, in fact, I got some of their literature on how to discuss with people the pro-life position. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, that's their, their whole organization. That's all they do is they, they work to help churches deal with that. But the pornography group, you know, that just to be there, to have a booth, they spent money, they had time, they, their time to be there to have literature and hand out I thought it was interesting. I said, wow, I like the design of your literature. It it looked like uh, posters from World War II, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it was about fighting. Yeah. And I said this, and they said, yes, we just changed this to this because 
we found out men like this. They like mm-hmm. these this this layout of their literature that looks like posters from World War II. And right. I said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I had noticed that, and they said they had just changed it. So, yeah, those two booths, which weren't, you know, I mean, there were booths there where there's dozens of people standing around. There's all kinds of podcasts and television stuff being recorded there. Uh, with a, But these booths sometimes have very dedicated people that have very good arguments that we need to, to look into mm-hmm. that – that helps support our position on these issues. You know, I looked, and of course my interest was podcasting. In fact, we, we were, uh, on our tag that we were given, we could add what our interests were. And you kind of picked up little little markers and then taped them onto them. And I took, picked up the podcasting one because, because I've been doing podcasting now for 12 years. And I, I like the medium. I think it's a great way to explain to talk about something without having to have something prepared, scripted, you know, word for word, just like we're doing right now. And I was looking around to see the various podcasts, everything from the way they talked, the focus of their messages, even like mid-taxes, for example, how they had the microphone set up, how they faced each other. I mean, all these things. Most of my podcasts are Zoom, like we're doing right now. I prefer them, you know, in person. But just was very curious about the technical aspect of it, the length of them, the things that are said, and things that would be interesting to people. And like you were mentioning, you know, there are ways in which media can affect people that will, are people drawn to it, like the art, World War II art, you know. Yeah. I, I didn't notice that, you know. It looked like old look magazines, you know, that, that, that had the art, you know, with uh, uh, some of the old artists. And it was... Um, it was, it, was, it was very good. So, I mean, I really enjoyed that. To me, another uh, booth that was very interesting was the organization called GNC, Good News Channel, in the Russian language. It's a Christian satellite network which has a presence in, based in Kiev, Ukraine. And they just pretty much were driven out of uh, Kiev because of the war and all the dangers there. And of all places, they moved it to Moscow, I mean, to the enemy country. They have a ministry of preaching the gospel. And when I saw what they were doing, I mean, it was quite biblical, you know, what they were doing of their own ministry, but also they were translating other ministries. But I was just amazed as to all the things that are going on that we don't realize, the volume of them and the money that is spent and the literature that is produced. And I guess that when I take a look at an overall impression of just being at this conference, it was so valuable because you begin to see yourself as just quite small in what we do. You know, I like to think about the fact that, and I do believe that God is working with us. And I do believe that God is working with individuals. He's working with small organizations. But in a very big way, he's working with the world. And and not that I say that all these combined things are, you know, directly God's work. I, I, I don't believe that because, as you said, there's variations. There's so many variations that are just not truthful in, in what they preach. And we'll have to have God sort that out. But even among the Church of God network, so to speak, unofficially, you know, there's just the variances there, too. And, you know, where do you draw the line? And so it was just interesting in this particular um, scene of being with many, many people, long, long corridors of booths, many, many people all talking at the same time. It was interesting to see what others are doing, seeing what methods they use to reach the public and give us a perspective 
a lot of things to think about in how we do things. Uh, the thing that I took from it was, of course, there were big organizations, little organizations. The dedication, there were two things. One, their dedication to get their message out. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there were people that were making millions of dollars by selling them equipment to get it was amazing how many, everything from book publishers to the latest cameras and, uh, and television cameras and the latest, just all kinds of equipment things. But the big ones, the small ones all had, uh, that seemed to be successful, had a couple things in common. One, they the, the message was, um, it could be lots of different subjects, but the message was pinpointed. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd, when we were eating lunch yesterday, there was a... Uh, of course, there were all kinds of meetings going on. There was another lunch meeting going on. And we were talking, but there was one point we're all eating and I'm listening to the lunch meeting. And the presenter of that lunch meeting was saying, he said, we have to realize that we are given this freedom to preach the gospel. And we have to be centered on the return of Jesus Christ. And I thought, isn't it interesting? Here's this, this meeting of, and I don't even know what group it was, why they were all together. But, you know, once again, there were different lunch meetings going on. We were just eating at the cheap, relatively cheap. Relatively. <laughs> yeah, there was a four of us. But uh, they, they pay a lot of money for this. Uh, but the whole point was we have to center people on the return of Jesus Christ. So those people have lots of different doctrines, lots of different messages about marriage, about pornography, about um, you know, everything they do. But the emphasis was, was on we have to center people on coming out of the world and being centered for the kingdom of God. And they, that was interesting to me. Not everybody was like that, but you could see certain groups that are like that. The second was, and of course, the, the Seventh-day Ad, uh, Seventh Adventists are really, that's their message, return mm -hmm. Jesus. And being prepared for that, you know, mm -hmm. what, what that means in the, your life and everything else. But also, they were, they were all open to different avenues. We have to, we have to create different avenues. But there has to be some similarity. They can have different people doing different things. But whether it's your website, uh, a radio program, your podcast, your your publications, a lot of them use books too. Uh, mm -hmm. They have authors that actually sell books. And, and, and you know, uh, television. Uh, there was a whole pro, a whole presentation there why television still has importance in the digital age. Uh, you know, they're all doing all these different things. Some can do some, some do all of them. But whatever they do, whatever things they choose and mix together are similar in message and similar in layout. In mm -hmm. other words, you know exactly who that group is by whether it's their magazine or their newsletter or their podcast or their radio show, whatever it is, whatever they're doing, there's a similarity. And that's where the Seventh-day Adventists are really good at that. You mm -hmm. know it's a Seventh-day Adventist no matter what. Right. Because the way it's laid out, it's not like they all have the same writer. It's not like, I'm not saying the same personality. It's the same thought process. It's the same goal. Because mm -hmm. they, you know, they'll have all different kinds of people dealing with different subjects. That that media mix that has a, a basics that people say, oh, I know who that group is, but I like this. You know, I like this because it's about women, where someone says, I like this because it's about prophecy. But it's the same group. You know, it's the same group. That integration of uh, of of the, your your message into multifaceted, multi generational multi-demographics because one thing doesn't reach all demographics mm -hmm. the good ones are good at that they're good at you know who they are even though this thing might be a children's book because you, you know, but you know who they are mm -hmm. 
And that was interesting to me that that's always been a media concept in, in society. It's not always held to. But the ones who are really successful in the religious world, it's that they integrate everything together with different people, different messages. But the core is the same, and there's something that always connects them. The same logo, the same this, the same that. Um, and that's, I think that's just a good lesson for that. I thought that you're just exactly right with that. And if we could be spread out over a platform, over several platforms that has the same look and feel, that would you know, be able to impress upon people. Well, one of the presentations that I saw, maybe it was more of an ad, was about radio and the fact that the number one way of reaching people right now, would you believe, is still radio. At least somebody made a comment about that in their literature. The various forms that radio is able to carry not only broadcasts, but also snippets of church services, but also be a vehicle for podcasts. And podcasts could come through various ways. Uh, they could come through the internet, they could come through a, a TV show, they could come through a radio program, they could come through a YouTube channel. I mean, so many, so many different ways in which that same message comes through. And I just saw how people are struggling in this world of a sea of various means to be able to find a way to reach people's minds. And, and that's the thing that really struck me, is that how can we bring our unique message of a warning message, which I think is only part of a message that, that we have, a message of repentance, which is certainly the way Jesus Christ began his ministry, you know, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand, and also the apostle Peter, when he spoke on the day of Pentecost, you know, the way he spoke, what was his theme? You know, repent and be baptized. And that was a message. And even when the Gentiles came into the truth, and the apostles of Jerusalem marveled and said, oh, so God has also granted repentance to the Gentiles. So it's this message of repentance that comes through. And if we could have that come through in, in telling people, not just warning them, but taking the next step of changing your life and you know, turning to Jesus Christ, turning to God the Father to make changes you know, in your life, whether you're an individual or a group. So anyway, those, that's my little platform here <laughs> Well, it was a good day and learned a lot uh, and and appreciate what people are trying to do out there. Uh, disagree with them on so many different levels, but they're dedicating their lives to try to, a lot of them, to help people. Like, don't get an abortion. Uh, mm -hmm. Break the, the addiction to pornography. Stop. The, don't go down the woke path because mm -hmm. that woke path is, is, is anti-Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, it would just encourage you. I mean, it's always encouraging to see at least they got some truth. So to come to church on Sunday and keep Christmas. Well, okay, you're wrong. <laughs> but but there's some truth that they're trying to, to get out there. Uh, our uniqueness, of course, part of that's the Sabbath. Part of that, you know, there's certain things that are uniqueness that we have to proclaim. Mm -hmm. Because what does repentance look like? What does it look like? That's a hard thing. You, and then they come to church and they got to have the same message in terms of this is what Christianity looks like. This mm -hmm. is what you're supposed to be. To be a Christian, so that you can be part of the kingdom of God. Yeah, it's not and, just it's not just uh, uh, changing. To say, oh, I got to stop doing this. You know, whether yeah, your personal sin, but it's also what you are to be doing. You know, yes. that's that's the next step, which is important and a very important part of Christianity is that I'm not only going to stop drinking or stop being on drugs, but I'm going to change my life to be a good parent, to be a good decent person, being yeah. honest and truthful. 
Anyway, I think that this was, uh, Gary, this, this was just a very, very wonderful experience, and I just enjoyed the fact that we had our wives with us so they could give their perspective. <laughs> you know, my, my wife and I have been talking about this. We've talked about it on the way home as we drove back to Indy last night from Nashville. Well, Kim was very excited to get an autographed book by Eric Metaxas because she listens to him sometimes. So it was like <laughs> she wanted that. She was really, yeah. I know she was a fan of his, and I'm glad that we were able to be there when he did a string of about three podcasts, of, or he had three guests that he interviewed. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Gary, for taking the time today for, for, uh, for this podcast. If you have any last words, I just want to just thank you for, for, for being here and sharing your thoughts and the fact that the two of us could share the whole experience at the NRB yesterday. It was, it was, uh, it was good. It was, uh, it's sad because we're watching our, our world die around us, our society. Uh, it was good because there are ideas that we could use. Mm-hmm. You know, that are there. There's things that, and there's pathways we haven't even thought of that can be used. So it's to get our message out. So, right. Okay. Well, thank you. We'll okay. see, see you again very I soon. I appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Take thank care, Vic. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to us today on The Cubic Report. We welcome you to share this podcast and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, and many other platforms. You can easily find us at any browser address box by typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. Remember, Cubic is spelled K-U-B-I-K. We'd love to hear from you. Write to us at vcubic at gmail.com. That's V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.